jarring cacophony tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast, where allegedly middle-aged fans get together to discuss Doctor Who, whether it's TV episodes, the latest Big Finish releases, aspects of the show, merchandise, or are joined by some special guests. I'm Kenny Smith, and today's partner in crime is a man with more letters after his name than even Johnson to Starry, probably. It's only that John Bolin. Hello, John. Good morning, Kenny. Hi, everyone. Good to see you. And you, John, as a matter of interest, how many letters do you have after your name? Is it enough for two alphabets? It's certainly enough for more than one. I think there's about 29 letters. Wow! I really checked recently. There's another couple I could have added in, but no, the only one that matters, the one that gives me the title of Doctor. That's the only reason why I did it in the first place. I've told you that before. Yeah. I just get a thrill when people say, but Doctor, you know, help me. (laughs) But we'll have an episode where uh, where you're only allowed to be referred to as Doctor or The Doctor. And we're not allowed to call you John at all. We'll make a note of that for a future reference. So now, John, since we're not being that respectful in this episode, your enthusiasm at being part of Power 3 is quite infectious. But that's not the only infection you've had of late, is it? Because you'd better tell the listeners what happened in just hours after we recorded last week's episode. Yes, well, I came down with a dose of the dreaded Spectrox toxemia. No, not, not <laughs> no, the Omicron variant. Yes, so I spent the rest of Christmas week and into New Year in isolation. Yeah, thanks to the, the dreaded Omicron, which sounds a bit like a John Pertwee era adversary. So I've always thought it, it seemed was... like a Transformer. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it was... Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful, but yeah, but it's it, it wasn't nothing either. So the important message, of course, is to make sure you you get your your jabs and you get your booster. But I am now free from isolation. I'm still sounding a bit, you know, um, velvety, shall we say? But I'm doing fine. Good. That's what we like to hear. So I'm glad to hear it, and thank you for joining us today. As we're going to be chatting about a Doctor Who story that was released for free at the end of December, the short trip, The Liquorwick Abomination, which was written by Joe Vivers and was chosen as the winner of the Paul Sprague Writing Opportunity 2021, which is held every year in memory of the late big Finnish legend. Did you know much about Paul? Uh, no, no, I didn't actually, no. He was some guy. I mean, everybody talks about him big Finnish and some people would think, was he really that amazing thing? Yes, he was. He was absolute kind soul. I mean, I used to chat with him constantly throughout the day by emails when you know, working on the Big Finish Companion Volume 2, which he took over as editor of. It was just so easy to go on with. I mean, you just get a, you just get a wee query, just like say, Kenny, that blah, 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 blah. Is that, just double check that. And he's like, yep, absolutely. And he was, he was so easy to work with and just so lovely to just every, honestly, if you met him, you just think, oh, this guy is just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And we shared, he didn't drink much, but we shared a love of peach schnapps and lemonade, which I remember us bonding over while we were drinking actually just water. But yeah, it was, it was genuinely one of the loveliest blokes I've ever met. And when I heard that he passed away, it was just so, so sad because I'd actually had an email from him, a few emails from him earlier that day and he passed away very suddenly. So it's really nice that Big Finish do this competition every year in his memory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really nice when found out particularly that this year's winner, Joe, is from Scotland. Yaldi. And we will speak to him very, very soon. But short stories. John, are you a fan of them? 
Yes, I uh, I love a short story, mainly because my attention span is shrinking as the years pass. One of my main and my favourite short story authors is the great M.R. James. So I appreciate the skill that's required in writing a short story. You know, you know, it's not just like, oh, well, it must be easier than writing a full-blown novel, but there are very particular skills that are required in, in, in crafting a, a short story. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm full of admiration for those who are good at it. I wish I was good at it, but I'm not. I think I discovered them, first of all, starting off with Aesop's Fables, which in many ways are, I suppose, are the sort of your first introduction to short stories. And then at primary school, Peter Davison's book of Alien Monsters came out and Peter Davison's book of Alien Planets, which were science fiction short stories, which were sort of chosen by Peter Davison. He actually did have some involvement in these. I asked him about this years ago. I'd like to try and ask the burning questions that nobody else dares to. And... <laughs> Yeah, I got these books and that sort of like opened my eyes to like the short stories and, and how they worked. And then obviously went on to secondary school and graduated to the likes of Rogue Dolls. Um, I particularly remember The Landlady, which is just a wonderful, wonderful, clever story. And yeah, that sort of grew from there. But I haven't read as many of late. And I've obviously I've kept a hand in with the big Finnish ones that have been there, mm -hmm. but I'm not even sort of reading like an inverted commas, real short stories in a while. I mean, I like the Bond ones as well, actually. I should throw that in as well. I do like Ian Fleming's. So yeah, there's enough of them out there, which sort of kept me interested. And I do like the big Finnish short trips range, I have to say. Nice wee bite-sized chunks in about, oh, about 40 odd minutes or so, which is a good a good mm -hmm. walk length for me. That's sort of like, I like to try and get a 40 minute walk before I start work every day. So these are quite good for that. Have you heard many of the big Finnish short trips? I've dipped into a few of them and I've obviously very much enjoyed the Liquorwick monstrosity. As you say, it's good to have that kind of 40, 45 minute thing that you can uh, zone out and enter a, a different world. I also got a couple of the, the kind of hardback copies of the of the short trip anthologies back mm -hmm. in the day. Yep. And they're somewhere in the capacious cupboard that doubles as a TARDIS um, <laughs> or that the doubles as a cupboard where all my Doctor Who stuff is. I must try and find them at some point. Mm. Oh, you mentioned the Liquorwick Abomination, so why don't we hear the trailer for that now? Growing up, Freya and I were never afraid of the creature. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Short Trips, the Liquorwick Abomination. Most nights, I wasn't awake to hear the gulls outside fall silent. All the nightmarish dragging sounds and the hideous screeches that followed. So what's out there, Malcolm? What's everyone so afraid of? The first thing to hit me was the smell. A dull wave of dust and death. The whole corpse seemed to be a mismatch. Like every part of the body had been fused together from several different birds of different sizes and ages. What's wrong with it? I asked. Nothing, the bird's fine. Well, dead, but fine. It's time this sick. After that, it wasn't a game anymore. Big Finish. We love stories. Now, the thing that I really enjoyed about the story is the fact that I can absolutely visualise it because I'm sure that, like myself, you'll have been to so many of these Scottish coastal former fishing villages over the years. Yeah, plenty of them around Aberdeen, yeah. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, particularly up in White Hills in Banffshire. That was uh, my favourite one. My friend Tom used to live there and quite often have weekends away up there and go into the local pub. And it's just so easy to visualise 
if you know what these fishing villages are like on the coast and you can just see it, can't you? And it's the perfect location for a Doctor Who story. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's very well evoked, even down to the the smell of the seaweed, which isn't always that pleasant. <laughs> um, beautifully, yeah, beautifully crafted. You can tell that Joe's lived in a village like this because it's just there's the small details that are in there that you just you only really sort of can convey if you've lived there and just capturing sort of like the feels of local people and the fact that it's, you always notice when there's an outsider in town. Absolutely. What was your thoughts on the use of Eccleston's Doctor? Well, I've not really listened to any of the of the new range, so this was the first time that I'd actually listened to anything involving Eccleston's Doctor, albeit voiced by Jacob Dudman in a, a really <laughs> excellent way. He's so, he's so good with his voices. So yeah, I, I, I feel that he captured the spirit of the Doctor in a very convincing way, with that kind of edge of compassion beneath the kind of the bluff exterior. So yeah, and it's good to good to hear the the return of, of the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, a little a little nudge towards maybe listening to the the new ones. I've been following some of your commentaries on them as well and some of your interviews. Yeah, uh, and it sounds pretty yeah pretty exciting. Yeah, I'd say I really enjoyed the. I mean, Jake is such a good narrator. The fact that he's, his Scots accent is very, very good, I have to say. And he does a mm-hmm. very, he does a mean Eccleston. And I think he just, he really brings the story alive. I think there's plenty of, sort of building up the intrigue of it. And the fact that there's a good emotional core to it, the fact that Malcolm has lost his sister Freya. And you think, what on earth is going on here? And it's a great mystery. Obviously, we won't talk about the end because we don't want to spoil it for those who haven't heard it. But there's, it's a wonderful build up, isn't it? It's, and it's something we can imagine got our houses all locked up at night and then you just hear this sound outside this the birds go quiet and then just you could hear something going through the street i think it's very evocative and easy to imagine and i think that's sometimes the best sort of horror story like you said with mr james as well yeah yeah and, and just when when the doctor says actually don't look you know that kind of well, it must be bad it must be terrible you know yeah and that, as you say, that's that's part of the classic Jamesian trope, you know, of, of something which begins quietly and unobtrusively, and then begins to take over. And especially that kind of way that it, it, it comes into our, our safe spaces. So when he talks about it coming in and and, and on the carpet, like, oh, oh, I've got a carpet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it is great. I think it's. Very, it's very well observed, and I think that Joe's shown a lot of promise there as a as a writer. So let's stop talking about the story and let's meet the man who wrote it. My name is Joe Weavers. I'm the writer of the Liquid Abomination. Joe, lovely to meet you. Welcome to the Power of Three podcast. It's great to have you here with us for this chat, which I believe is your first podcast outing to talk about your authorship of this short trip story. Yeah, I was on a, po- a podcast uh, about a month ago. But it was before Ooh. the big finish thing was released, so we couldn't talk about it at all. <laughs> so I had to ah, go right, pretend I had so nothing cool. going on. I was like, "Yeah, just working away." But yeah, we get to finally chat about it a little bit. Yeah, good, good. So this is a, this is a real scoop. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're delighted. So could you maybe tell us a wee bit about when you first began watching Doctor Who and became a fan? Because I can see that you're a little bit younger than myself and John. <laughs> sort of with the revival in 2005. Like it was, I think, similar story to a lot of people. My mum, I think, used to watch it and said, uh, oh, the show's coming back, we should sit down and watch it. And yeah, after the first episode, I was just absolutely hooked. And then missed the second episode going out live, so I had to watch it on like whatever <laughs> playback thing there was. 
but yeah, just sort of started, sort of jumped on in the 2005 revival and uh, really left since. The reason we're talking to you, Joe, is because you've written this story, which is not only good in its own right, but it's been judged to be the winning entry in the Big Finish Pulse Bragg Writing yeah. Opportunity competition. Can you just tell us a little bit about what prompted you to, to enter that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I studied screenwriting at um, university and I've been looking for sort of like writing opportunities and stuff like that. And obviously I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. And I've seen I've seen the Paul Sprague opportunity come up in years gone by and sort of not entered it really. I just thought I'd sort of give it a try this year and was lucky enough to be selected. But yeah, it was just sort of, it just sort of came up. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Had you done much fan fiction writing before this or even just obviously with your university course? done quite a bit that had been produced. Not really produced as such. I mean, I think same with a lot of Doctor Who fans. I've been writing Doctor Who stories since <laughs> since I fell in love with it. But at, at university, I did a, in third year, we had to do a research project and I was based on Doctor Who. And my final assessment for that was to do a full Doctor Who script. So that was kind of the first time I'd properly tried writing something based on Doctor Who. But yeah, this was the first one that's been produced. So it's a good place to start, really. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things, Joe, that you find when you get Scots together, especially when they're doing a kind of an online Zoom thing and they haven't really met each other before, is they're trying to work out where they're from and working out what accent is that? Where's that from? Could you tell us a little bit about where you grew up? Um, yeah. Because when we were chatting about the story, Kenny and I were, were talking about how um, Lickerwick felt like a, a real place, place that was really, you know, you really managed to evoke a sense of time and place. And we were just kind of saying, mm, this feels very familiar, like maybe a a fishing village in the northeast of Scotland, you know? How much of that is true? Where did the inspiration come from, Lickerwick? And what, what about your own story? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of very loosely based on the town North Berwick, where I grew up, which is not really a fishing town as such, but there's a very old harbour there that's not really used much anymore, apart from those kind of tourism boats that come in and out. So whenever there's like a sort of street named in the story, it's based off a street in North Berwick. So North Berwick's kind of got that thing where it's a very old town that's been slightly modernized but um yeah it's, it's, it's loosely based up there and that and that's yeah like i said that's where i'm from just outside edinburgh but yeah you do get that a lot impressive when you meet another scot and like oh where are you from <laughs> i did have the other day someone asked if i was from ireland i was like no that's not <laughs> not quite but, <laughs> but yeah definitely well that's good to know because i did wonder to me it felt very much like white hills up near banff in aberdeenshire so as uh, john and i were saying just uh, we were having a chat about that earlier um, so yeah. what was it that made you go with the ninth doctor as your central character i mean first and foremost he's just kind of my doctor like like i said i, I came on in the 2005 revival so like if i think about my sort of memories of doctor who and falling in love it is kind of chris eccleston's voice i hear but also because the story I was doing was kind of leaning towards a, a sort of darker theme and kind of about, you know, regret and all these darker themes, I, I kind of thought Chris Eccleston would kind of be the perfect doctor to to explore that a little bit. I said that, you know, you really create that that, that sense of place and, and Lickowick so effectively. Um, but what about the other parts of the story? I mean, you mentioned there about, about some deeper and maybe darker themes like regret and forgiveness and so on. What inspired the other parts of the story, especially, you know, the idea of the, of the abomination itself? I, I don't know, I think a few different things. I mean, like, for the the monster in particular, I saw a photo online of um, this, this sort of, like, dinosaur bird kind of thing that obviously is long since extinct, but the, the photo of it, it had a photo of the dinosaur and then the person next to it sort of showing the scale. I was like, oh, I want to write about that in some way. It's just such a, this amazing monster. And then, like, the darker themes, it was sort of just like... I mean, I, I really like in the TV show when they explore these kind of dark this darker stuff 
and I knew if I was going to submit a story to it, it would kind of be in that sort of realm. So yeah, it was just sort of playing with these things that I love seeing in the show and just kind of using that opportunity to bring together everything you would want to see in the show and, and write it yourself, really. Yeah, that comes across really well, I think, you know. Oh, thank you. I must say, it was, I found myself quite quite moved oh, towards the end. No spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I found it, yeah. It, really, it really kind of, um, yeah, plucked to the heartstrings as well as the, the moments of pleasing terror leading up to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pleasing terror is definitely a, a good term because I think there was quite a lot of that, just sort of like building up that horror, just like the horror film iconography almost. With you know, yeah, yeah. it's like the you can hear there's the sounds outside and like a tapping at the door and whatever you do, don't open the door and <laughs> and then Freya's been taken and yeah, it's it's very it's very very clever because you do, I mean I know that all the way I was, I was thinking is there going to be a sci-fi reason for Freya but no it's just genuine human tragedy which I think yeah. was not what I expected so thank you for subverting those expectations <laughs> no problem yeah so, we're I, when I was talking to Alfie Shaw the producer about it we, we were talking about that sequence when the dinosaur breaks in, the bird breaks into the into the house and he, he called it a very Jurassic Park X sequence I was like oh that's very good that's my favourite movie so <laughs> happy to emulate it <laughs> absolutely do you, just mentioning Alfie there do you remember when you heard that you'd won whereabouts were you when you'd won the I was sitting right here I was working from home at the time and then the email just popped up and I had to like it was one of those things where I had to read it over and over again <laughs> to make sure I was getting it right and then it started screaming and laughing and yeah very good memory yeah <laughs> and how happy were you with the the big finished product. If you can oh, so happy with it, yeah. It, it was even more than I was sort of expecting it to be. Like, I didn't really know what to expect from it, but Jacob Dubbin's performance was amazing and the sort of sound design and all the, all the music elements in it as well. It was just like, yeah, so much better than I thought it was going to be. Not that I didn't think it was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. We, we, were, we were saying that, that, you know, Jake Dubbin's really pitch perfect, both mm -hmm. in his Scottish accent, which is more convincing yeah. than mine, uh, and, uh, and he's spot on with, with Chris Elkelston as well. He was really, really good with that. Yeah, especially the different, he did sort of variations on Scottish accents as well for different characters that I thought was really impressive, because that can't be mm -hmm. easy for someone who's not Scottish, really. Um, yeah, 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 really good. Yeah, and I thought, as you mentioned, Rich Fox and Lauren Yason doing a great job in the sound design as well, really, Absolutely. really making it come alive. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us on The Power of Three. Thank you for having me. hopefully speak to you again very soon. Yeah, thank you very much. Get some more commissions. I will, I'll try. <laughs> yeah, I've done a great job of pretending not to be insanely jealous. Um, there must be a real thrill when you see when you see the, the cover, you know, and you see the Doctor and you see, yeah. you know... When that was released, that was amazing. That was a, that was a yeah. real dream come true moment seeing that come out. I can imagine, and I can only imagine, alas. <laughs> Not a bad late Christmas present, I suppose, as well. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It got released on my birthday as well, which was amazing. Oh, wow. So that's your birthday, <laughs> and that was, um, that was Paul Sprague's birthday as yeah, well. Yeah, That's just it was a very perfect Serendipity. Christmas birthday all wrapped up into one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe, thanks so much. Thank you much for having me. So that was Joe Weavers. And it's always nice to hear when there's a new Scott in town at Big Finish, so hopefully... That's not the last we'll hear from him. And if you haven't heard the Liquorwick Abomination yet, you can pop over to the Big Finish website where you can download it for free. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Power of Three Pod. That's three Power of Three with the number three. Now I've got our Twitter back up and running as I've got control of it on my phone now, which I didn't have previously. And of course, you can find me personally on Twitter at FinishedZine, F-I-N-I-S-H-E-D-Z-I-N-E. And John, you knew this was you coming. Can, 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. J McGB, all one word. Excellent. And of course, you can catch up with the exploits of Jasmine every week. Yep, that's basically all it is. Nothing wrong with that. Jasmine, of course, being your dog for those who don't follow. And if you don't, you should. Yes, indeed. If you go onto my Twitter, you'll see that we had our own lockdown or isolation Doctor Who adventure featuring a sonic screwdriver and <laughs> a tout Dalek. Uh, so, yeah, the things you do to while away the, the lonely hours. Absolutely. When you're locked down and in isolation, the things we have to do. So there we go. But John, before we go, do you have something to ask me? You know, it's almost as if you've read my mind, Kenny. I was just wondering, what do you plan to play us out with this week? Well, I was doing a wee search for songs with the word abomination in them, and they tend to be quite metal-centric and heavy rock, which is not quite my thing. So instead, I thought more laterally, and I was thinking about the film Abominable, which is about, strange enough, the abominable snowman. And we discover that although they look monstrous, there's actually something nice and kind in there, which sort of ties in with Liquorwick Abomination as well once you've reached the end. So we're going to play out today with Beautiful Life from the film Abominable by Bibi Rexa. I was lost, but you found me. from my destiny
inside What a beautiful life 